buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results right here on KDAL from noon till 1 o'clock this afternoon. All right, Gary, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Jim. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, ate a lot of food, took a lot of naps, and uh, now is an enjoying an extended weekend. Yeah, there's never a bad day that, that uh, ends with turkey. Oh. Um and yeah, it, it's uh I, you know. Do you like do you like turkey? Do you eat a lot of turkey? I I, I like nap better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like I like turkey. Uh, what, you know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. When you know you got football on all day long, and you've got cooking in the house, and just the smell and the aroma and everything, and then everybody's sitting down and eating a meal and uh, it's just a it's just a nice holiday it's a good good holiday well and we get a special treat this year for christmas because the vikings play on christmas really yeah they, they get like a three thirty game on on uh, christmas day so and that's just going to be right around the corner um well i laugh because of the vikings they were so close to making these playoffs and then that game last week they just they had it in the palm of their hand and that last drive it's like the Vikings got to be able to like do it in clutch, a clutch time drive. That's all we want to see is like when you need to score and you're down to under two minutes to play. Come on, Kurt, get that ball downfield and let's punch it in. And it yeah. didn't happen. Exactly, I uh, I couldn't agree more. And and then also, um, yeah, wow, they're all too close. But we know they're not. They've got a lot of injuries, and uh, yeah, this isn't going to be their year. But well, it is what it is. I can't believe that the Packers are losing, though. They they looked so great earlier in the season, and now they're just kind of, I don't know, they, they they fall apart now and then. Well, the, the Packers do, you know. And, uh, I, I will say this. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, throws the prettiest football in all of football right now. I think he is the top quarterback. Not the top quarterback, but I think he throws the prettiest football Um in the National Football League, and and his his accuracy is just off the charts. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I also think that uh, Cousins actually, when he's on, is uh, is crazy good. And that that's the weird thing about that game this last week is that he had a perfect quarterback score through like over three quarters. Um, yeah, and he still finished like so so strong. Um, overall quarterback score. I mean, it was just—it's too bad that uh, that they didn't win that game because I don't know. Now I think it's really going to be tough to make the playoffs, which I'd like to see him make just to see what happens. But oh well, we can go back to turkey talk. You know, <laughs> that's the good stuff. Well, how about some real estate turkey talk? I we suppose. Got, uh, yep. A bit of real estate going on here locally, and a lot of exciting stuff, Jim. And uh, last weekend, um, woke up. I think it was Sunday morning. Saturday morning or whatever, big billowing smoke in the sky. Right. And, uh, and you know, right away, um, I, the first thing I thought it was was the Essentia, the new medical campus. 
you know, I could see it in the distance and I saw this big plume of smoke and I'm like, oh no, that thing's burning. And uh, wow, yeah. actually jumped in my car and drove down there. And uh, then I thought it was, it was like the, uh, there's an apartment building down there on First Avenue East and uh, the Wabasha bookstore. And we were talking about the cozy and then I thought, wow, geez, the cozy's on fire again. Yeah. And, uh, and yep. uh, uh, but it wasn't. And it was, uh, it was a building that was um, right next door to the, the Wabasha bookstore and, and the lake walk entrance where you can get into the lake walk there. And it's just adjacent the, uh, uh, Clayton Jackson Memorial there. And, uh, another first was, street fire, I think, right? I think that built, yeah, it was a pretty nasty fire. There was a lot of smoke coming out of that building and you could go down there and there were flames coming out of the second floor. So yeah, isn't there like a million dollars? I think that used damage? to be an old pawn shop way back when, but it was, a, it was basically stored. It was a warehouse and I think they were storing antiques and stuff in there. So I'm sure there was so much stuff in there that fueled that fire. And, uh, uh, you know, I heard one of the reports saying that they couldn't enter the building because the roof was collapsing. And uh, they estimated this thing to be over a million dollars in right. damages, which is unusual for to see that type of a number right on, on any reports right coming out. So there must have been an awful lot of contents in that building that were worth that kind of money because I don't think the building was certainly worth that kind of money. But, um, um, Big, big uh, fire and uh, nice building. I mean, nice brick structure down there. So um, we'll see what they end up doing with it. But it doesn't look like it's salvageable. Well, it's not a building that uh, our, our friend that used to own the Cozy owns, right? I don't think so. I, yeah, they, right. they, no, no, it wasn't his name that they were talking yeah, about in, in, the, in the report. But um, That's too bad, except, though. I mean. Yeah. Very, very serviceable building, I know, um, for sure, you know. But. Well, when those buildings go up like that and those old structures, they go. I mean, the old, the wood in there that that, that they use in those buildings, that stuff is so old. And uh, uh, when you get a fire like that going and then you add all the contents to it, it um, it's a, um, it's in, in the, uh, it's it feeds that fire and and that thing was hot. Let me tell you, because I when I was down there and you couldn't get close to it, you know. But I was up on Second um, Street, right, and yep. uh, First Avenue East, and you could see the flames coming out of the roof. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw it on the news. I didn't see it live, but yeah, it's it was pretty healthy fire. Uh, I'm kind of tired of fires now. You know, um, no more, please. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just beginning the cold season, so I'm sure we'll have more. But. Uh, unfortunate and uh good thing no loss of life nobody got hurt nobody got injured um but uh yeah, yeah and it's, it's still um undetermined what was the cause i haven't heard anything as to what right. was the cause of it probably still an investigation but yeah it's too bad so gary how about um how about real estate and how about uh let's talk about negotiating an offer yes um, very good article, actually written by a realtor um, as a uh, uh, a guest uh, writer on um, a insider real estate website called Inman News. Um, and anyway, so this is a gal by the name of uh, Lindsay Hood, and uh, she's out of Texas somewhere. It doesn't say exactly where. 
Um, she says, understanding that, you know, most sellers want to get the very best deal that they can. Um, first thing that she says is, uh, you know, the best deal isn't always the most money. And boy, don't I always um, think that's the truth, you know what I mean? Because especially when, you know, we were going through multiple offers uh, this last summer quite a bit. And, you know, when you have five offers and one of them is the highest number, it's not always the best offer, is it, Gary? Nope. Not at all. Yeah, so she she raises some important questions that that we raise, and I just like that it's it's here in front of me in writing. And um, so the first thing she says, you know, does the closing date work with your seller's timeline? And that's something that you and I always think about as well. You know, I mean, what are their plans? That is who we work for if we list a house, is what are your plans, Mr. and Mrs. Seller? Where do you have to be and when do you have to be there? So I think that's very important. Um, and then how flexible is the buyer on the timing of that closing? So in other words, um, if even if you're dealing with a single offer, before we kind of even get together with the uh, seller, sometimes we'll talk to the agent and go, look, w- give me some flexibilities on this thing. I mean, um, not, we're not talking price, but I mean, is that closing date something very, very meaningful to the buyer? Or are they flexible on a, on a couple of weeks or whatever? And don't you think that that helps a lot with your offer presentation, knowing going in that, you know, the buyer can be a little flexible if the seller needs it. Well, yeah, I think closing dates are one of the, you know, the top points that we end up negotiating. And I think some sellers, you know, when, when we list properties, uh, and I just had one recent, I've listed a place in October, and they said, we can't close before January 7th. Yep. And, um, and it was like, well, okay, you know, that's two and a half months out. You know, if we get an offer right away, the likelihood of them, wanting to close earlier is, is pretty high. What's the reasoning for you wanting to close on not before January 7th? And this particular answer was like, well, if we close before January 7th, we're going to have to pay capital gains tax because we yeah. haven't lived here for two years. And there you they, go. Were, they were concerned that they were going to have a, a, a hefty capital gains bill. And so that was, that was their reasoning. And that's, and so you know to, what, that's, that's a huge incentive to wait until January 7th or later. Well, when you look at the numbers as to what they would end up paying, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to close before January 7th either. That's a, that was a pretty significant uh, capital gains bill that they were going to have. So uh, that's, that type of stuff is understandable. Sometimes you have a renter in a house, Jim, uh, that has a lease. And, and so, so those things, you know, with the closing dates, they, uh, they do end up being negotiable um, things that we tend to negotiate a little bit more than some of the other components of the purchase agreement. Exactly. You know, I, the perfect example is um, I just closed on a house this last week, and we're not closing on the house they're selling until the 30th because this particular seller didn't have to sell before they purchased. And they wanted that time to do the things that they wanted to do at their new house because it does need a little bit of love, as we say in the in the business. Um so they wanted some time to do that before they had to be obligated to be there around what what mess they're going to cause while they're remodeling a little bit. So, all right, Gary, listen, this is a good subject. We barely scratched the surface, but we're already at our first break. So let's take it right here. But before we do, Gary, why don't you give us your phone number there in case people want to get a hold of you? 218-390-0615. Very good. And my number is 218 348 Seven six five three, and you've been tuning into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and hang there, we'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Gallagher here from Remax Results. Gary, one more time, give out your phone number. 218-390-0615. Okay, and mine is 348-218, I'm sorry, 218-348-7653. Okay, let's get back into talking about um, offers that we get and present to a seller client of ours. Um, so other than the closing date, um, <clears throat> there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things to look at. Um, best case scenario, you and I would agree is if we got a, you know, a perfect closing date on an offer and then that offer is all cash, right? Right. Yeah. So most times it's not going to be an all cash offer. So then the next thing we want to look at is if it's financing, how financially secure is that buyer? And we do that every time um, when we look at an offer because we'll, we'll, we'll note the down payment, where they're getting financing, which is a big deal here. Um, I got another little horror story that I can tell about that from happening a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and then earnest money is another financial uh, incentive for the seller. Like how much of a deposit are they going to put down on the house that they are going to purchase? Um, because you know, if it's a $250,000 house and they're going to put a thousand dollars earnest money down to me, that's not a lot. you know what I mean, Gary? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think your point, and you've said this for years, the amount of earnest money that people put down is very important in, especially in multiple offers, Jim. And so, right. yep, I agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been taking earnest money checks this year from buyers for $5,000, $10,000. I mean, it's, and it's not really hard for an agent to ask for. So, I mean, if you have a buyer on your $250,000 house and they're, and they're going to put $50,000 down because they want to avoid, so that's 20%, right, Garrett? And they want to avoid um, the um, private mortgage insurance, which is a very smart decision. We should get more than, you know, $2,000 or something in, in deposit. We should be able to get more than that. And it's not very hard to ask for it. And then it's not very hard to get it. So, um I think that's an okay counter is on earnest money if the earnest money is a little light. Well, listen, I just went through this in a multiple offer situation a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, uh, and, I, and this is part of a story that we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, we were multiple offers. I called the listing agent. And, and this was a pricey property. It was 700000 plus. And it... You know, I called the buyer and I'd never met the buyer. The buyer was referred to me and, and I'm talking to this Alder State buyer and, and I went and looked at this condo, took some video and uh, uh, got back, sent her the videos and got back and, and the listing agent calls me and he says, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to write an offer? And I said, well, I don't know. She just started looking. He said, well, we have an offer okay. and it's in my seller's inbox. I'm like, oh boy. And I, and so I called the, the buyer and uh, uh, I told her and she goes, well, can you give me a couple of hours to put the financing together? She said, I'm, I'm, I want to pay cash, but I've got to check in on with my bankers and stuff. So I called the listing agent back and I said, it's going to take her two to four hours. Can you hold off? He said, I'll let my sellers know, but does she want to write? And I said, yeah. So within an hour, this, this buyer got back to me, Jim. And she said, I want to do it. I'm ready to go. Okay. I said, do you have proof of funds? Can you prove that you have the funds for this if you're buying a cash? She said, yep, my banker's working on it right now. She said, what is the most important thing for me to do at this point? I said, well, we've got to write an offer. We've got to make the terms good. You've got to offer them uh, at least asking price, if maybe not more. 
And um, I said, can you put some significant earnest money down? She goes, what's significant earnest money? I said, can you put 20,000 down? She said, yes. Should I put more? I said, well, how much are you comfortable with? She said, I want to buy the place. What's it going to take? There you I go. said, well, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's your call. But I said, the more earnest money you can put down, especially in the situation that we're in, the better. She said, I'm going to write an earnest money check for $50,000. <laughs> Perfect. How I'm could like, you not look at that offer? Check? I mean, even if personal it, even check if it was, or money order. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. So, so everybody out there as a seller, let, let, put yourself in in the shoes. Even if you've got an offer that there's another buyer, they've got their approved for financing, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, what was the price range, Gary? This uh, this was uh, in the seven mid sevens. Okay, so um, you've got you've got. Um, you know, somebody that's going to put down even a large down payment and get financing, even if their offer is, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars higher, you seriously have to look at a all cash offer with a fifty thousand dollar earnest money check. Well, we went up. We only went a thousand dollars over list price on, right. the, on the price, and uh, and 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 I talked to her about that, and she said, "No, I'm fine. That's what I want to do." You know, and she said, "If they don't take my offer, then they don't take it. I'll have to live with it." And um, and they ended up taking it, and 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 it's it's really funny because I I met the sellers uh, during the inspections. They were there, and I was at the inspections for her, and uh, right. and I and the listing agent was there, and I just said to the, the Mister Seller, I said, "What was the deciding factor in the offer?" He just looked at me. He didn't hesitate. He goes, "The closing date." Really? I'm like the closing date, and he goes, "Yeah, we wanted to close this year, and the other offer was in the next year." I'm like, oh, wow, great. <laughs> well, there you go. So you never know, you know, so just put your best foot forward, right? Yeah, I mean, what can you do? Perfect. You know, you just take your shot. She took a swing. But interestingly enough, Jim, on that deal, um, and I don't want to get off track here with your deal, but... Um, no, we're not. Uh, we're right on track, This, this um, uh, With this particular situation, the lady said to me, I, you know, when, when it was all said and done and we had it, uh, I said, why? I said, you know, this came out of nowhere. I, you know, I, I know you didn't want to do it this quick, but I said, what, what made you just jump, you know, on this one? And she goes, well, when I was a little girl, and and this lady is originally from Hibbing, and and she's okay. moving back here from California, and she said, my dad found a a, a house, a cabin, up north, and she said uh, he he walked out at night, and I remember this. She says, as a little girl that you know he got in the car and he said boy i really like that place and she said we went to church and we went and had dinner and i remember that night you know we were all sitting around and my dad says to my mom i like that place i want to buy it i think you know we want to buy it and he called the agent that night and the agent said i'm sorry but it's sold oh yeah and she said my dad throughout the years always regretted not moving a little bit quicker on that property and she said he always regretted it. And she said, when when this happened, she said, that came into my mind. And she said, I know you told me that this is a premier property, that there's not many of them that are ever going to come for sale. And she said, that was the deciding factor to jump in the water on this one. And I did. Wow, that's a great story. And that, that is a, that's perfect, uh, what I would call fear of loss, right? I mean... She was motivated to buy the property, but as soon as there was a possibility she's going to lose it, you know, hearkening back to those days of, you know, what her dad regretted. I mean, wow, that's a really powerful, powerful thing for her. So, 
Very interesting story. Yeah. So let's say that they don't have back back to our story here. Let's say they they don't have all cash. You know, the thing that we're looking for is a pre-approval. And to go back to my story was, you know how you and I, over all the years that we've been doing this show, we always say, if you can, stay local. You know, right. local banks, um, or at least local connections. You know, um, to so in other words, the the loan officer is somebody who is in the Twin Ports. Um, and uh, I, I had issues with a, with a, a, a lender who um, one of their things is is if you know you are you are pre-approved by us you're as good as cash, you know. So that's the rocket mortgage, right, Gary? Um, and uh, it's just not true all the time. So I, I don't I don't trust them as much as I trust the companies from that are local. So. You and I would certainly point that out to any seller if there was multiple offers and one was financing at North Shore Bank of Commerce or NBC or, you know, one of the other local banks as opposed to, you know, say one of the international or one of the national banks. Well, uh, listen, we, we all know some of the issues that we're having. And even though money is getting to be a little bit um easier and credit seems to be flowing a little bit easier in the real estate markets there are still some very heavy regulated lenders and i mean the big box lenders right yeah. and it's a really difficult environment for 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 some of these big box lenders right now jim and 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 so you know i think they're they're similar to you know when we get these online lenders where, where agents get apprehensive and a lot of anxiety about well you know, who are these people, these online lenders, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so, but when you, when you come with a local lender, you know, somebody that's been established, there's such a much higher level of confidence that, you know, Hey, if this lender gives us a pre-approval, we know it's good. And, um, and, and it's, it's funny because I've been using a local lender here since I've been in real estate almost 30 years. Sure. And I was talking, you know, my son is in real estate and we were talking about this the other day. And, and I said to him a few years ago, I said, listen, I use this lender because I never have to babysit him ever. And, and he called me and he said, you know, he said, you're right about this lender. He said, I, I, I never have to call them. They call me, they check in. Um, and they're they just they do a good job. So we have a couple of local lenders here, Jim, that are, are local in the communities. They do an excellent job, and and it's it's there's a much higher level of confidence that we as agents have when we get these pre-approvals from these people than than some of the big box lenders. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So some other things to look at um, with with an offer is you know. Um, what are they asking the seller for? You know, which is also important. I mean, are they are they including, you know, more than say the appliances? Because appliances always pass with it. I mean, sometimes they'll ask for some strange things, and um, you know, Gary, have you ever sold a like a, a lake cabin and all of a sudden they go, "Boy, I really love that boat," and you go, "Oh, yeah. geez." All right, I gotta, I gotta get this guy off the ledge with the boat, you know, and you know. So I say, well, geez, if you really love the boat, let's buy the house and then let's see if they want to sell the boat. You know, I mean, you put it in an offer, and it's certainly going to throw things askew. Anything like that ever come up for you? Oh, incredible! And the dock, 
Yep. And and the canoe and the kayak and the everything associated with what what you do on a lake property. Absolutely. How about how about this one? Uh, I had one where the guy goes, "I want to buy this right now. I want to give them exactly what they're offering, and I want to include the car in the garage." I'm like, "Oh gosh!" And so it's a classic whatever car, and it's like you're not buying a car, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, there's been some strange things we have to hold buyers off, but the normal the normal inclusions I would say are appliances. And you yes. know, if you and I, if we were going to move right now, I mean, would you really want to take your washer and dryer? I mean, no way. Um, well, listen, I'm going to tell you something about washers and dryers that have changed my perception okay. about wanting them to stay in the house. And I, I, I would never accept somebody else's washer and dryer. Okay. After everything that I've learned about them. Well, and, there you uh, go. Well, I mean, listen, you don't realize it. But, you know, people use these things and it's it's their stuff that goes in them. And, uh, you know, and it, it just I've, I've become a little bit, um, you know, I don't know what the right word to use is. But I, I if somebody's got a washer, if I'm going to move and somebody's got a washer and dryer, I'm saying take it out. I'll get a new washer and dryer. There you go. I don't want anything to do with somebody else's washer and dryer. So, you know, if you were buying my house and saying, I don't want to haul that thing or you, you, you take it. I don't want it. You <laughs> well, know, well but... listen, I'd say fine. You leave it. But I'm and I would get it out of there once I got in there because I'm not using somebody else's washer and dryer. I'm just not going to do it. You know, it's it's just not in my opinion. It's just not the right thing for me to do and for my family based on everything that I know. There's a lot of funk in those in those things and you don't realize it and uh and so i'm not i'm not going to uh i'm just not going to use them you know and the same thing with somebody's stove i i just i really changed my my perception and attitude about these things is like if i'm going to ever move again i'll i will get new appliances i won't use somebody else's appliances yep i got you okay I'm kind of a freak that way. You know that, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. It's it's okay. Um, you know, but I think that you know when you're when you're our age, the last thing you want to do is like pay for them to be moved. You know, because I'm not going to move them. I mean, not now, no way. So it's like to to have you know the moving company pick up and haul your appliances out is more than they're worth. And yeah, so yeah, please keep my appliances. Um, so the other thing there, you know, is is the is the buyer asking, and this is kind of the last of it. Are the buying ask, ask is the buyer asking for anything extra, such as you know a home inspection, um, which you know we hope that they do. But I mean, if they don't, they say I'll take it as is, like that. Well, that means something. Um, are they are they asking the the seller to pay for anything like a home warranty or part of their closing costs? I mean, all these things factor in, and you got to pay very very close attention. Um, we got about a minute left here. So, um, Gary, earlier this year, I wrote an offer with a buyer requested closing costs. It was all accepted, um, and uh, everything was fine until about two weeks before closing when the other agent told me that he didn't realize that there was closing costs in there and that they didn't cover that with the seller. And the seller expected to net, you know, you know like $2,500 more than they were going to. Right now, whose fault is that? Well, it's 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 a communication issue. So if it's a seller and it's the listing agent, yeah, I would it have was, to put the clearly, onus on the listing agent. Yeah. So 
Folks, when you look at an offer to purchase or a listing contract, there are a lot of things that are specified in there. Are, do you want this? Do you need that? And one of the things that's very clear in, in both states is, is there closing cost contribution for the buyer from the seller? So in the end, the seller paid for it. I don't know if, um, you know, the agent was, um, I, was I would assume they're in a little hot water. Um, but you know, folks, if you're selling your house, no matter if you have an agent or not, make sure you look at your contracts yourself, um, and read them over. It's not rocket science. They've, they've made these contracts. So they're very legible, uh, very, very well, I, easy I, to I, understand. So. I know we're running out of time, Jim, but I want to talk about this in the next segment a little okay. bit, because this is a really important thing. Okay. Well, we, we, do, we are hard on a break here. So, all right, folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to uh, segment number three of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Uh, Jim Ronnie and Garrett, Gary Callagher here. Uh, if you want to reach me, Jim Ronnie, my telephone number is 218-348-7653. And Gary, why don't you give us your phone number? 218-390-0615. Okay. All right. So we were talking about, um, you know, water on an offer. And what was it that you wanted to bring up? Well, you, we mentioned in the previous segment that there oh, was a, a, something that a listing agent forgot to point out to their seller, and the, the seller ended up getting uh, $2,500 less than what they were anticipating because right. they were paying the buyer's closing cost, and that was never communicated to them or lost in translation or whatever. And and I think, Jim, it's when we get these offers, you got to remember when you're a listing agent <clears> – <throat> We have a word that's called fiduciary. Right. And we have responsibilities to our clients as sellers to to be as accountable uh, with everything that in these offers and to understand what we're doing and what we're conveying. And communication and delivering the messages to, to our clients is critically important. And when you get an agent that misses something, and doesn't represent that uh, client with that fiduciary responsibility, and there's money on the line. Listen, these agents should be held accountable. Yeah, I agree and I with think you. it's cr- critically important when we get offers, especially if we're in multiple offers with people, that we're not verbally telling people things. And and we as agents are going through these offers. We're understanding, you know, what it is that the buyer is asking for. Because, listen, there are agents out there that will write these offers, and you get so used to scanning them over that sometimes you miss something. And so you have to look at these offers two or three times to make sure everything is is in place and that you understand as the real estate agent, the listing agent, what that offer says and what it means to the seller, what their net proceeds are. And I think finally on these types of things, Jim, we have what we call a net proceeds sheet. And if you're not giving a net proceeds sheet to your seller, you are taking a lot of chances um, and risking a, a lot of, of liability for you as an agent because it's inevitable that if you verbalize something to somebody, somebody's going to forget something. And then you get into he said, she said type of stuff. And, and that's really what can get people really ticked off. And so being able to go back and reference a net sheet and say, well, I gave you this net sheet. 
Here was everything on each offer because we have these really cool net sheets, Jim, where we can put up to three offers on one net sheet. Exactly. And you can break out all the expenses in there and you can see exactly what you're getting. And, we, and, and that is critically important for people that are selling their houses so they know here's what you're and, – and these numbers aren't exact, the bottom line. But they're close because we, we don't know what mortgage payoffs are. Uh, there's going to be tax prorations. So the numbers are, are, are you know, ballparkish, but but they're they're fairly close. And it's it's the main selling expenses that the seller has. So, hey, if an agent misses and forgets to tell their seller something, that's on the agent. And the agent definitely should have some liability in that. Well, and, but you know how this plays out, right? Because you've, you've been down the road before where somebody makes a mistake. I mean, so here's what happened. It made the whole transaction very uncomfortable for the buyer because this agent came back and said, well, no, the seller doesn't want to sell it like that. So he's asking the buyer to do this. And I'm like, seriously? So we got an amendment. I had to explain it. And they're like, what should we do? I'm like, well, you, you turn it down. You, they accepted your offer as it was. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. We are in an unfortunate situation where an agent didn't pay attention to the offer that was in hand. I don't know if they did a net sheet. I mean, they don't work for our company. I, I don't know if they offered them a net sheet. I don't know if they I don't know if they talked to them on the phone, just said it's a good offer, sign it. I mean, who knows? So, I mean, folks, when you choose your real estate agent, I mean, you got to be careful. you got to have somebody that's going to give you these things. Because all the way from that point forward, this was a very, very nerve-wracking situation the sellers weren't happy there was lots of frowns you know lots of you know and and the buyers were like feeling guilty over nothing and and you know i don't know it was just really it's not it's not their fault it's not their fault and i don't want that to happen to anybody so i didn't want the, the seller not to know you know to sneak it by them i mean that wasn't the point um no we were trying to we were open and honest with what what we offered and and they accepted it but it just made it all kind of awkward and uh, yeah, just unfortunate for them. I felt sorry for them, and and uh, rightfully so. I, I hope they lambasted their agent on social media or something. But I just I thought that was terrible. Jim, I want to talk a little bit about um, a situation I had with a, a property, and 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 I'm going to go back to this uh, story I was talking about a little bit earlier with this this buyer that uh, bought this condo, and. Um, one of the things that we don't really see a lot here up in the Twin Ports is properties that have elevators. Right. And uh, this particular property, and this is a condominium unit, <clears throat> had an elevator. And when I remember, the buyer, the buyer was born and raised here, but she's been in California for a few decades. And she, you know, I, she, like I said, she was referred to me, and I said, "Well, why are you moving back up here?" And she goes, "I had, I've had it with California. I can't get out of here quick enough." <laughs> and uh where we've been talking so, about that well right she she can't wait to get out of there right. i mean it's 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 that bad in her opinion and so uh i looked at this condo take took some videos sent it we made the offer we got it and uh made it subject to the inspections uh and one of the things we were very specific about is is we wanted the elevator inspected and we wanted the elevator operable because we couldn't even op- i couldn't even open the door to it to, to okay. look inside of it and and so the, the seller agreed to make it operable was going to have it serviced and everything and uh and we did that so uh i went over for this elevator inspection 
and we don't do this. This is a very right. unusual yeah, this is So I, yeah. I met the elevator guys. Tell me more, very Gary. Prof- Tell me more. Well, very professional people. Okay. And so I said, hey, can I take some video of this so I can send this <laughs> to the buyer? Because the buyer's awesome. not here. And, and they meet, both immediately said, no. <laughs> no. 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 And he goes, uh, I said, oh, okay, why is that? He goes, well, first of all, I don't want my face on any in any video. He said, I've, I've been hired to come in here and troubleshoot and get this thing working and make sure it's it's operating. He said, above and beyond that, he said, I am i don't want my faces on on, on any video. And, uh, and I said, well, fine, that's understandable. And I said, well, will you let me know when I can take some video? Once you, you're comfortable with everything, he said, there are some things that the seller or the buyer wants to see here. And he, and he agreed. And, and these guys were extremely professional. They really were, they were really good. And so we, we stood there and um, uh, they went, they went through the, the circuits. I mean, they had this like schematic, they had to go through all this stuff. Um, and, and I don't know if you know these elevator doors, but they have these plates on them and these, these things won't operate without these plates. Well, somebody had taken these plates off of this door and they haven't used it. They hadn't used this thing in forever. And so it's, um, uh, they, they got it to where they had electricity to everything. And then they went and they started messing around inside the shaft of the elevator. They got the doors open and they allowed me to take some pictures of the shaft. And so I could look at it. And then, uh, they went upstairs to where the elevator actually was. It was, it was located up on the second floor. That's where the, the carriage unit was. And, uh, we're up there. They allowed me to take some pictures and a little video up there. And then, um, uh, all of a sudden, we were downstairs in the garage where the uh, motor was, and and uh, we heard it click on, and we saw the the cable start going. The motor started running, and and the guy we could hear the guy yell, "It's working!" <laughs> and so uh, uh, at that point, you know, they they did a little bit more work, and I said, "Hey, look, can I ride?" In it? And and he looked at me, he said, "You want to ride?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Because I'll go in there. You guys won't have to be in there. I can take some video. I can show the buyer it's working." He said, "Yeah, that's fine." You know, so I went in there and I rode the elevator down. And then I rode the elevator up and uh, very smooth, very quiet, worked like a charm. I got some video for the buyer and the buyer was so happy that uh, she was able to see that thing working because that was a big reason she bought this place because her mother is so old that she can't go up the stairs. And uh, she said, so I really want to be able to bring my mom down here and, and she needs a way to get up there. So that elevator has to work. And so, uh, uh, and then the other part of the story, Jim, is we talked about personal property and, and uh, appliances and all that stuff. This buyer wanted to buy everything in this condo. Oh, yeah, furnished, okay. Completely furnished. She wanted to buy everything. And so the seller said, yeah, we'll sell everything. We want, we want to take four items out of here, but everything else we'll sell. And so we agreed upon a price for all the contents in, in the, uh, the condo and, uh, uh, the buyer is so happy. And then, and let me know if we're running out of time. We got, you know, we got the, about a minute. The, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know the buyer a little bit more and talking to her. And, and she said, you know, I've got some income property out here. I've got two triplexes that I, I just, I put on the market and, I, you know, they have to sell. And I said, oh, triplexes. I said, well, what kind of money are you asking for a triplex? And up here, triplexes, Jim. <laughs> maybe a primo one sells for 300 grand right a really nice one so she goes well what do you think the prices are i said i don't know out there and, and she said i'm two blocks off the ocean just north of malibu Ooh, baby. and 
and I said, 1.5. She said, I put them both on the market last Friday, and I've already got offers on both of them for 2.1 million each. Wow. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, there you go. I said, I hope they cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we, we can pay cash for this $700,000 condo. There you go. Wow, we live in a different world. Hey, Gary, we're, we're strictly out of time, so we gotta have to, we'll have to come back and finish this up with our last four minutes. So, folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Uh, Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from REMAX Results. Uh, and, and by the way, folks, Gary told me that in the last couple of weeks, I think I called us Remax One, and then I called us Remax Twin Parts, and oh my lord! Anyway, we're Remax Results. So, uh, but anyway, Gary, why don't you give out your phone number? Two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. And my number is two one eight three four eight seven six five three. All right, so let's let's cap this out. This is a great story, by the way, Gary, and good job, really good job. Um, on your on your part there for uh, really making sure that this sale was you know I mean this buyer had not seen this property yet right no she didn't but but one of the nice things is, is she flew out here she said she was so afraid of COVID she's so panicky about it and uh, she said I uh, she jumped on a plane and and got out here and was able to make it for one of the inspections okay. and uh, she came up here and she just melted when she got in this unit. And, she just wanted to sit in because this is on Lake Superior. It's overlooking the lake, right. and she was like, "It's better than." She said, "It's better than I imagined." And oh, that's a great happy. feeling for you too, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It, it really is. But uh, but the excitement of coming back and moving back to where she was born and raised uh, was 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 really a nice thing to see. And uh, you have somebody that's lived in California for instance for the last few decades, and. Uh, uh, you know, the story of her dad. This is a real cool story um, that uh, you don't usually hear this type of stuff. And so just another real estate thing, and she ends up happy and uh, um, uh, all is well. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 when you think about, you know, all the things you could have done in your life and, and somehow you ended up in real estate, I think about this a lot myself. And I think that those kinds of stories are, are where it's like, damn, this is a really good profession. It's a really feel-good profession you know, to be in for people, but in, and for me, you know, because it, I had a closing here the other week, uh, or the other day, this week, and they were, this gal was beaming, I could see her smile through her mask the whole time, she could not stop smiling, because her cheeks were so high, you know, that, that's, that part of this, this, this uh, real estate business is really a high for me, I just love that part. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, and one of the things that is sometimes overwhelming to me is we interact with people from all walks of life, Jim, right. from all uh, income levels, everybody, you know, that buys real estate. And they have this common emotional, uh, you know, component to them that is is it's good to see. It's 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 fun to be a part of of these processes for people. And uh, some of these processes are overwhelmingly joyful for for people. Some of them aren't, <laughs> and and but but to be involved with people's lives like this is uh, it's a very exciting and powerful thing. And and Jim, you're talking about people with with people being born, kids. You're talking about family members losing family members. 
you were more involved in a lot of emotional stuff with right. people. And like, and I agree with you, this is a very rewarding industry and job that we do. And it's, uh, it, uh, it, it's, a, there's a lot of pride in it. You know, and, and, um, we just got about 30 seconds left. And, you know, when you talked about COVID earlier and she was afraid to fly, you know, it, it, one of the agents in our office had a closing that was supposed to occur last week and they were going to, the buyer was going to sign from the hospital because, you know, it was in the hospital zone. Okay. And, and then they just died. And, oh. you know, that's just, that's the, that's the side you're talking about. That's just not very fun at all. So right. I've had, I've had several deaths in process, you know, while we're in process of either buying or selling. And that is just like the worst circumstance of all, no matter the cause, but. All right, Gary, we got to be out of here. Give your phone number out one more time. 218-390-0615. And my number is 218-348-7653. And, Gary, we, we, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, right? Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. I hope you had lots of good food, yeah. and uh, we'll yeah. see you next forget, week. Yeah, forget the diet for this week. Just go for it. Eat more turkey. <laughs> All right, Gary, we'll talk to you next week. And you've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs>